Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Hello, Cove Church. My name is Paula Sutherland and I get to be a pastor here. And today I am so excited to share another virtue with you. We've been learning about different virtues that I believe are important to God. And we are trying to literally implement them in our own life. And so with that, I get to speak and share with you on the virtue of faith. Faith, that thing that we're walking into the unknown, the things that God has prepared for us. The Bible actually says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. With that being said, that feels like it's probably an important thing for us as believers to really get into the habit of how do we walk in faith? How am I doing in that? So we're going to lean into this subject. So, so just stay with me. Um, come with a heart that is just ready to learn and hear from God as I will with you as well. So we're going to start out with this definition in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says this, now faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. So in other words, faith is the ability to believe that something will happen, and the evidence to support that belief will be through things that we can't physically see. I believe that the church has had a long season of not truly walking in faith. Yes, we love Jesus and we want to serve him. But oftentimes we can get so busy with the things that we're doing that if Jesus doesn't actually show up, we have this feeling it's okay. I got it. And when we can't finish or do the things that God has called us to do by on our own strength, we begin to become fearful and we begin to, to, to really get frustrated. And because of that, we don't get to experience the plan that God has designed for our life, to trust him completely for each step, to see the impossible, miraculous, and indescribable power of a God who longs to show himself to us. Today, we're gonna to talk about this beautiful plan that God has, a plan that steps into the unknown and steps into a place that brings him joy. So we're gonna kind of talk about two different sides of the coin today. And the first thing, if we want to walk in the virtue of faith, we have to learn to believe before we understand. Believe first and then understand. Before we dive into the scripture, I think it would be helpful to understand the importance of knowing this truth that I'm gonna share with you. Most of the time when we are reading scripture, we are diving and doing so through the lens of our American culture or other cultural lenses, depending on where you were raised. Culture plays a big part in our thinking and causes us to respond or react to things that may be different or maybe even a little strange. Before I was married to Aaron, I had the privilege of being a part of Teen Challenge. Um, it was a ministry that I got to be in over in Europe and Asia. 
and I was in a total of, I think, 22 different countries in two years. So with that amount of countries in that little of time, you can only imagine that there was a lot of cultural changes that I was experiencing depending on which country we were in. So I have a lot of stories when it comes to that, but on this particular story I wanna share with you, I was in the country of Poland. And we were sitting, a friend of mine and I, we were sitting at the table of an amazing family that was, had prepared a meal for us. And as we sat there, now remember, I don't speak Polish and this family did not speak a word of English. So it was a very quiet meal. And as they brought to us that first salad, it was a salad, and I looked down into my bowl, it was actually crawling with ants. And I can remember thinking, Okay, I know in some countries that they, they might eat insects. Is Poland one of those countries? Did they just forget to wash the ants off? I, I just didn't know. I knew there was a cultural thing, possibly, but I didn't know. That heart for me was that we wanna make sure that we are being a blessing to them and not offending, so what do we do? So my friend and I, we just literally looked at each other, we smiled, and we began to kind of very cautiously remove some of the ants and we ended up eating a few along the way. Why? Because of culture, because we wanted to make sure we were really respecting them and where they were and, and what was important to them. With this in mind, there's something very important to think about as we read the scripture that I'm gonna share with you. This text was written from the hands of people in the Middle East. And normally we would be trying to understand it through our own cultural understanding. So I wanna give you some insight into the difference between the Middle Eastern thinking and Western thinking. Thinking that I believe will be super helpful in understanding not only the writer's thinking, but will also help us to learn a new way of walking in this virtue of faith. Historian Christy McLellan does an amazing study on many of those differences that are very beneficial for us to know. But here is just one that I think is helpful as we desire to grow in this virtue of faith. And it's this, the difference between Western thinking and Middle Eastern thinking. Western thinking at times, or a lot of times, is an understanding first and believe next. I understand and then I believe. I gather information, I learn what I need to know, and then I believe. And this, this comes in so many different ways. I can think even in my own time with Jesus, when I'm sitting with him, often I will write a scripture out. I will then start to process that. What is it saying? What is it meaning? What is the context in it? And then I will make a choice. Lord, I wanna believe this. I wanna walk in this, help me to do this. So that's not necessarily a bad thing in that, but it is a Western way of thinking. I'm processing, I'm understanding first, and then I believe. But when it comes to Middle Eastern thinking, the difference is this. It is I believe first and then I understand. I believe that God is good. I believe that what he said is true. And then I will understand. This difference in thinking is a, is a really big deal. And so as we look into the scripture that I'm gonna share with you, I want us to look with that lens. I want you to see how this group of people, the Israelites, 
believed first and then they understood. We're gonna talk about this scripture. It's in Exodus 16, four, and also verses 13 through 17. I'm gonna read that to you, but to give you just a little background into it, the Israelites at that time had been living in slavery for a long time. And God allowed Moses and Aaron to come in and really lead the people out into the promised land. But before they could go into the promised land, there was a time, a wilderness time. It was actually for 40 years that they spent in this really transition place. And, and just a side note, anytime God is taking us out of a bad system and bringing us into a new, there is a new, there is an in-between phase where we have to learn things differently. We have to learn a new, new way. And so in that, as these Israelites are coming out, they're beginning to grumble and complain because they don't have any food to eat. And so they would remind Moses, when we were slaves, we were eating, at least we had food to eat. Now, what are we supposed to eat? So they began, as I probably would too, what, what are we gonna eat? And so with that, that's where we come into our story. In Exodus 16, beginning with verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. That evening, quail came, that evening after he spoke this, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told, some gathered much and some little. So when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. The Bible says that this bread from heaven was called manna. And the Hebrew translation for the word manna is actually, what is it? What is it? That's the translation. In Christy McLellan's book, she writes, they ate the manna without knowing what it was. They ate a mystery because they knew it came from the hand of God. They trusted the source and they bit down on the unknown, literally. They believed before they understood. They believed and they understood later. They knew it was from God and they said, what is it? And then they bit down on this unknown. How many times have you ever asked God for something and the answer comes and you're like, oh, what is it? What is that? Lord, I don't know if you heard me right. As we were talking, as we were having this conversation, I think I kind of made it clear what I think you should do. What, what is this? What is it? I believe that when God provides for us and it causes a what 
is it question from us. He has just sent us his invitation to walk in faith and join him in the unknown. He has just given us a mystery to eat. He has provided for us a place to step into this beautiful virtue of faith and experience something that is outside of our own thinking, power, and limits. Manna is an invitation to align with heaven. I want to say that again. Manna is an invitation to align with heaven. Church, I think the reason so often we don't see the miraculous is because we want to understand it first. Lord, just run that by me and I'll let you know if I agree with it and then I will follow you. When we choose to understand before we believe, we, are, we end up living life with only our own strength and power. And the results will always leave us tired, powerless, hopeless, and in a rut, never moving forward as we face the same struggles over and over and over again. Belief allows us to walk in faith and as we bite into the manna, the what is it sent from heaven, we will see the proof and eventually, although it may take a while, we will understand. Believing before understanding is the first step in walking in a life of faith. So with that, if we wanna walk in the virtue of faith, the second thing we need to learn to is to allow his voice to become greater than our own. John 10, 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When we begin to believe first and then understand, I think it's imperative to know what his voice sounds like. And the more time I spend with him, the more I will recognize his voice. To help us with this understanding, we're going to listen just for a few minutes on some hopefully familiar voices that maybe you have heard. Let's take a listen. Meep. What's up, Doc? To infinity and beyond! We sat and drank with the sun on our shoulders and felt like free men. Hell, we could have been tarring the roof of one of our own houses. We were the lords of all creation. Hey, everybody. Say, you want to come inside my clubhouse? One through a party in the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wait. Well, since you're here, Squidward, we'll give you the new member initiation. Are you ready, Patrick? All right. Well, that was fun. I hopefully you recognize some of those voices. We had Bugs Bunny on there. Elvis. Buzz Lightyear, Mickey, Morgan Freeman, can't forget that amazing voice, SpongeBob was on there. So the question is this, how did you recognize those voices? Why, why, why were you able to recognize them? Probably because you watch TV, right? You watch TV, we learn to recognize them or maybe even not recognize them based on what we were listening to or watching. The same thing happens with Jesus. When we spend time with him, we are learning his voice. We're learning to listen to it. We're learning to listen to what it sounds like. If I'm listening to his voice, I will recognize it when I'm around other sounds and other voices. 
Think of how easily, easily it was for you to recognize the voices of the people that we just listened to. God is no different. The more I sit with him, the more I learn the sound of his voice. So what then are some ways that we can get in that rhythm of listening for God's voice? There are many things, and I will be asking at the end of this time, that question is, what can I do to listen to his voice more? Some of those ways that I have found, um, one is just spending time in the Bible, reading the Bible, sitting with him and being in his presence. What it causes me to do when I'm sitting with that is I get to learn what he sounds like. I get to learn what he talked about. I get to learn how he, how he spoke, who he talked to. Um, learning to hear those things so that, so that when I'm in those times where I'm with a, maybe different sounds or different voices, I'm able to recognize it because I've sat with it so much. Another way is just spending time praying. That is the, just a conversation, talking with him, learning to listen learning to speak, um, going out for a walk, doing, going out in nature, there's all different ways. Aaron and I, in fact, the staff here at Cove Church have, have really been developing this. One day a month, we get alone with Jesus. All of us at different times will go off and just spend time with Jesus in new and different ways. Finding ways to connect with him, to learn to recognize his voice, so that when we go back into the things that God's called us to, we will be able to recognize it a little easier. So as we grow in listening to hearing his voice, it's important to recognize how my own understanding, leaning on my own understanding, may try and keep me from the life of faith, my own understanding. So we're gonna look at Proverbs 3, five through six. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, Submit to him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And again, this goes back to this idea to believe him first. Trust that he is good, that he's powerful, all-knowing and moving on your behalf. And then it says, don't lean on what you know. Don't lean on what you see. Don't lean on your experiences. Don't lean on your thinking or your feelings or your will and desires. I don't know about you, but when I don't learn to believe first, I often then can begin to lean on my own understanding, to lean on me. And I, I can't at times even believe that I might have thought through this a little bit better than he has. I feel like my plan might work out a little bit better. And when I'm leaning on me, I can trick myself and others around me to thinking that I'm listening to God. So let me give you some examples of three things that we may use to lean on our own understanding over God's voice. The first thing is this, my thinking, I lean on my, my thinking, this idea that my thinking, the way I think, is better than you. The way I think is better than God. My thinking gets to override what he is thinking. Now, obviously, God has given us a brain to use and to think through things, but our brains are not God. And when it comes to becoming where it comes to becoming a huge trap for us is to believe 
that because I think this way, then God must think this way. Our thinking can override the virtue of faith. My thinking may give me a list of logical reasons to not do what God is, is leading me to do. And I won't recognize it because it makes so much sense in my head. It just is so clear to me. I can remember when I, I first got into coaching, I am a, a credentialed coach and I went up to Western years ago to start this process. And as I went into this thinking, I'm probably gonna be a pretty good coach. I really thought this, pretty good listener. And I think I might have some good ideas of things I can do to help people as they move forward on their journey, right? So I came in literally with that way of thinking, a little prideful, thinking I'm probably gonna be pretty good at this. And then I sat there with a teacher, his name is Chad Hall. He has written many books. He's actually one of the top books in coaching. And I sat there and I witnessed him coaching another person. And I'm telling you, it was absolutely amazing. I could not believe it. As he sat there and he's listening to this person, what, I've, what I watched was he was actually not gathering information for his, himself, he was just listening. And as he was listening, he began to, to ask questions to get the person to maybe think in a different way, to look at it in a different way, but not with the intention of him telling them what they should do. It was completely following the lead of the Holy Spirit. And in that, he was able to ask questions, things from maybe things they hadn't thought before, things that maybe they had thought before, things that they've heard or experienced that are inside of them that God had already placed inside of them. And it was an amazing experience to watch somebody following that lead. What we can tend to do in those moments, any moment where we are following the Lord is then to override it with our own thinking, thinking that somehow the way I think is gonna help you. And honestly, it has to change if we're gonna walk in this life of faith, learning to trust God over our own self. So the second area is my feelings. Um, I can hear this one a lot. I can't help it. This is how I feel. God wants this for me. He would want me to be happy, right? Now, yes, God is a God of joy and he is good. And he has given us feelings so that we can not only feel him, but feel things with each other. But when they aren't submitted, when my emotions are not submitted to God, they can override this virtue of faith. And we can trick ourselves into thinking, because I feel this way, God must feel this way. And because I feel so strongly about this particular issue or this thing, it becomes impossible for me to understand that I may be walking in my own flesh and absolutely not aligning with God. In this particular area, I can think of for myself, um, I can give you many examples, but one that just comes to my mind in this particular area, I know, some of you might know this about me. For me, I have been, as a pastor and as a woman, in my life in ministry, it has not been easy. It has not always been easy to be seen or to be invited to the table or to be included in things. It's, there's been some real things that I've had to do to get myself into those places that have been different. 
And so I can remember a day years ago when I was actually on a plane, an airplane heading, heading to Eugene from California. I was at a retreat. And when I sat on that plane that day, I heard the Lord say, it's time, it's time. And I knew that God, when God said it's time, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks anymore. It just, it just won't. God will do what only he can do. And so what started to happen was doors were starting to open. I ended up being in tables at tables and in conversations where typically I hadn't been in the past. And, what, and, and although that sounds so amazing, and it was because it was God leading, it was the spirit leading in those things, God opening those doors. The problem was this, when I walked into those things, I now was bringing some of that old hurt with me when I would come in. Some of those hurt feelings, some of, those, some of that stuff that, that although this was something God was doing, it began to trigger some things in me, some hurts. And so instead of just speaking, instead of just walking in the things that God had called me to, I would come in with a little more edge, with a little more anger, a little more frustration over things bringing in my hurts, using those things to, to give me some maybe power to the things that I felt. And I really believed at that time that God was saying, no, 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 this is not how it works. You have got to submit your emotions to me. You have got to submit that to me because I will open the doors, but you have to let that stuff go. And so this is one of the things that I have developed in my life that I do from time to time. I wait till no one is in the house or I, it's very early, but once in a while I'll have this moment where I'm downstairs in the living room and I literally make myself cry out to God. It's, it is not a pretty time. If anybody were to, were to walk in, they would be seriously concerned because it is a time where I'm like, it, and they said this, and then she said that, and he said that, and I just tell them all of it, and I'm crying, and I'm just being a big, huge mess, just like David was, a man after God's own heart, crying out and literally giving it to him. And what that has allowed me to do in my life, it has allowed me to then walk into the places that God has called me with no longer carrying that baggage and that hurt. I just get to come in and walk with, with hopefully God's love, his peace, patience, kindness, all of that fruit of the spirit. And I get to walk and speak into the areas that I know I'm supposed to speak into, but now, I don't have that, the emotions that were causing me to literally um, not walk in the things God had for me. Those emotions were causing me to stop walking in faith. They were allowing me to keep my, my vision and my focus on my own self and my hurts instead of literally just trusting him. I had already cried that out with him and now I get to walk through the things God has for me. So the last of those three is my will. Your will, my wants or desires. Now, I think you can kind of gather with kind of where we're going with all of these three, these parts of our flesh, our thinking, my emotions, and my will, or my wants and desires. It's this idea, when, when I'm talking about your will, my will, it's this, I want this to happen, and this is the way it's going to be. I don't, or I don't want to do that. That's not going to happen. That is not what I, that's not my will, 
right? We, we see this a lot. I can remember even when you have little kids and you ask them to clean your room, you can tell the one that's like, this is really not a big desire of them to clean the room, right? And yet, are we any different than that? I don't think so. I love this part in the Lord's Prayer that we have been doing as a church. Your kingdom come, your will be done. If we aren't careful, we can think that what we want and what we desire is the same as what God wants. But our prayer has to be always, your will be done, your will, not mine. Even if I really want it, even if I think I deserve it, even if I feel so strongly about it, your will be done on this earth. Your will be done in this church. Your will be done in this community. Your will be done in my life, in my family. Your will, not mine. Your desires, not mine. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says this, and this is from God. This is a very uh, amazing things spoken from him to us. My thoughts are not yours, neither are your ways my ways. We don't think like God, feel like God, or want the same things like God, ever. We have to learn this art of submitting those things to God, submitting how, how we feel, submitting how we think, and submitting the things that are our desires, letting that Submit to him so that we can walk in the areas of faith, learning to hear his voice as we move forward. As God continues to lead us in this virtue of faith, we must believe before we understand, allow his voice to become greater than our own. And I wanna, I just wanna end with this, this thought, this story to you. Um, as many of you know and have experienced because you live on this planet Earth, we have walked through a season of COVID and we are still in, in that place. And still, we will never be the same as we have walked through this together. One of the interesting things for us as pastors here at this church that has been a little hard at times and complicated is this idea that initially, you know, we all thought this would last for maybe a week or two. Uh, initially what started to happen were a lot of voices, a lot of opinions, a lot, and it was crazy. It was, you're not doing this, or you're doing too much of this, and you're doing this, you're not doing, and it was constant. It was emails and phone calls, and everybody was mad, and everybody was an expert, and everybody knew exactly what we were supposed to do, right? So we were in this place of, wow, what is happening? What is going on, right? And so what we had to do was take this literally into what we wanted, what we felt God wanted to do in us. We have to believe him first before we understand. This isn't a time in our life where we get to understand things first. It is a time to believe to believe that he is good, to believe that he is greater, to believe that he is gonna show us the way. And so we made this decision to just believe. I just believe. I don't understand. I don't know what to tell you all, but I believe God is good. And as we began to, to really just state that for ourselves, believing first, understanding does come. It does come eventually. But at first, it began the step of first, we just gotta believe that God is greater than all things. 
And the same thing with all of the voices then and all of the different things and sounds that we were hearing. It had to, we had to get to that place as what is God saying? Listening to God's voice first. What is he saying? What is he saying? What is he, what is he wanting us to know? And it began this process of we have to let go of what we're thinking, what we're feeling about any, any issue, and what we want. It had to be a death of that, of I choose, I just gotta listen to him. Like, I just gotta listen. His voice must, must be bigger than everything else. I have to be spending time and getting in that rhythm of that so that I can walk in those unknown places that God has ahead. I don't know what God is doing in your life at this moment. I don't know if you are about to walk in a season of great favor or a time where maybe your roots are, are gonna have to go a little deeper. I don't know. But this I know, God will be with you. Through every twist and every turn, you will see his hand. He's not tired, he's not overwhelmed, He's not strapped in any way, shape, or form. He has a plan. And as we learn to just believe and learn to know his voice over our own, he will make our path straight. Thank you, Cove Church. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.